just as happy as it's done. Um, yeah, finally over. I can just relax now, but yeah, I'm just very happy that it's done. The boys are a huge part of that, the playing group that you're so close to now. How important, important were they for wanting to sign on that dotted line again? Yeah, obviously, as, as I just said, I'm very comfortable, you know. All the boys, they're all very caring. Yeah, we love each other, all of us. Um, we've got a good good brotherhood, and yeah, I'm just, just happy to be here for four more years. Special intro of attention to detail, Simo, mate. What an occasion! <laughs> Woo! It's like Christmas. We won the lottery or something, but uh, yeah, what a, what a day! Well, welcome. It's um, yeah, <laughs> bit of an unorthodox introduction, but I think it's very much warranted. Uh, luckily, yeah, we chose to record today because very, very exciting news, mate. How good? I'm very jealous of you. Oh, I'm not really considering your COVID, but. Yeah. To finish school and to find out that Cosby's re-signed, it just I can't wait to see what this bloke's gonna come out and do. Four more years <laughs> of the Cos. <laughs> the best the best was I messaged you and said like Cos in capital letters and like I don't and then you just wrote back star and I was thinking that's not really the response I was going for. <laughs> and then about three hours later you said cuz you just replied back to it and then it obviously the penny had dropped and uh yeah I, I certainly wasn't expecting anything today. Um uh, but oh look Melbourne Melbourne fans all around will be rejoicing. Uh yeah, it's just it's just massive win for the club. Like we know that Things were looking good in the last sort of week or so. There's a few interesting uh, sort of, what's the word, promising reports coming out of the media saying that things were close. But yeah, you can never, you never know. I think stuff like that happened with Luke Jackson last year. So, you know, you can't, uh, you can't count your chickens before they hatch. But yeah, just massive by the club. And yeah, especially for like those young fans there watching him going, you know, paying their memberships to go and see this bloke play. And yeah, just uh, no, nah, very, very, very exciting announcement. And as I said, blindsided me today, that's for sure. I just got a notification on my phone uh, with an interview with Cozzy. Uh, so can't wait to sink my teeth into that one, Tim. And <laughs> you know, we've been calling out for this for a while. And you know, to, to say that's finally done seven rounds in, it's exciting. And you know, look out, Gold Coast, we're gonna, we're gonna fight up. Fight up, Cozzy, ready to just be, just the shackles are off, I think. And I mean, the world's his oyster now. And, and, you know, it probably sets him to, what would be then? He'd be about 26, 27 by the time his contract ends. Um, let's, let's just hope he's a one club player, but four more years, you couldn't have asked for more. Just relax now. You can. Yeah, just relax You can. Now. And yeah. like, it, it follows on another really good signing. And, this is pretty awesome to see when Nibbler kicked his goal, but for Nibbler to re-sign as well, you know, he's just the epitome of a Melbourne football club player. And like what we said, when Gussie re-signed as well, you know, these are the true heart and soul of, you know, hard work and determination. You look at Nibbler, who was probably on the way out 2020 off season, and then to have the year he did in 2021 and, you know, to really establish himself as a, a pressure, you know, high up and running player a pressure player and yeah it, it just uses the ball well as well and just someone we can really rely on now and 
yeah, for him to to be re-signing as well, that was pretty awesome to see. And to see him tap the chest when he kicked the sausage, and mind you, it was a great chase down tackle. And you got to think what Luke McDonald was doing in that moment, but um, wasn't looking that for sure. No, I don't think half of them were looking. <laughs> I think they were just bloody orange cones for half the game. But mm. <laughs> nah, great to it, see. Yeah. It is, it is, and he is somebody that over over his footy journey that he's he's copped his criticisms. He, you know, almost made his way out of the club, not not by his fault, but I suppose was asked to entertain any other offers that might have been around there, opportunities elsewhere. Like he's a South Australian boy, so was sort of asked to gauge interest about maybe moving back home at at the end of I think it was at the end of twenty nineteen or the end of twenty twenty, one of those two years. And I think now just watching him develop into a real leader for our club as well too like he's been somebody who's had to do it the hard way he's bided his time in the vfl and and now working his way into well he's worked sorry he's worked his way to being such an integral part of our football club and i think his persona and the way that he stands for the real demon spirit and i'll put that in a post because i really think he does he works his ass off somebody that just does all the little things as well too. Doesn't seek recognition for a lot of those things and just the ultimate team player. And for him to be rewarded, I suppose, in terms of having a new contract. And yeah, I know there'll be a lot of fans out there happy to have him at the club for another three years because he's a big part of why we've been relatively successful in the last few years. So we want to continue to see that moving forward. Just also, I'll go, yeah. Have you sure you got the right mic checked on? I believe on your so. Thing? <laughs> why? Why do you say this? Am I quiet again? Oh, it just sounds a little bit. sounds a little bit off, unless you're just really far away from it. But you definitely got the desktop mics. Yes. You know? How about now? That's better. Fantastic. That's a bit better. Fantastic. Kind of, there you go. Do you know what? This kind of <laughs> for those people that listen to Supercoach podcasts out there, if you get a chance, listen to Supercoach Elite. He, one of the hosts, uh, gets stuck into the bloke for just doing dumb stuff on the mic. <laughs> not just not being with it, yeah. It's it's, it's good chuckle. Uh, you you enjoy yeah. it if you do listen to it because yeah, they always give each other stick for it. So, um, yeah, thanks for that one. Um, no, I'm sure, fine. I'm a lot more, lot more clearer now. I'm always <laughs> kissing the bloody thing for you. Uh, yeah. So big, another big round of footy. But yeah, I mean, a lot of we lot were on top of the ladder. Goals. A lot of big bags hey. of goals. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I've got Kuno with nine, Hawkins with eight. Even Weeds kicked five. Good on him. So had a couple of big weeks for the for the big weeds. So oh, look, I don't mind. Happy to see him do well in another club and Do you know what the best uh, thing about an ex player is Luke Jackson and Freo Dockers. Two and five, <laughs> yeah, we're mate. Watching that, oh, oh, my, oh, watching that with keen eyes. Oh yeah, mate. And uh, I keep we're saying the debrief put up little photos just yeah, you know, the Frio watch and mate, they yeah. they are looking terrible. They yeah. they play some bloody boring footy, and I just want to <laughs> yeah. see it keep on rolling, man. A lots lots changed since uh, well, twelve months can make a big difference, can't it? Or you know, whatever's going on over there. But the D's were on top for about a good twenty four hours until. Collingwood doing Collingwood things. I don't know. Did you see any of that game? I watched yeah, the last quarter. Watch yeah, most last, probably last from night. about. Early second quarter onward for the rest of the game, and yeah, I feel for Adelaide oh. far out. They butchered the. Butchered do you know, it do you know what's funny? Fix. Even Collingwood could have got robbed from that too. There was a blatantly obvious double high free kick that wasn't paid in the goal square, and then Tom, oh, what's his name, Murphy oh, got Johnson. a broken schnoz, front on contact, <laughs> yeah. no free kick. But then 
he was walking off and then Dugowie got stung for deliberate. That that was probably the oh, three of the most. Yeah, nah, there wasn't. The, the, well, Fogarty actually was going for the footy, but then the other two were just <laughs> gobsmacking. And you even heard mm. from McRae saying how bloody ridiculous it was. But yeah. they sit in second, mate. It's And the, the really Healthy. good thing is we're, we're five and two, but we haven't really hit any strap at the moment. We're not playing our best footy. I mean, you probably could argue against North Melbourne. We're playing some pretty decent footy, but I reckon from that probably halfway through the second, that foot went completely off the accelerator. And we we're in coast mode, and look, we had players that were just trying to pull off crazy kicks. Like we had clear options, I know, especially in the last quarter. Like Petrarca had about. I reckon half a dozen kicks inside 50 in the last quarter. No one was going near him. And, you know, he spotted up Bowser for a nice big switch and then kick from 50, which was awesome. But, yeah, man, we, we, we could have put them to the sword by 20 goals. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, it was... I mean, I was watching it watching it on replay. Uh, commitments on Saturday night, but following the scores, and it was, yeah, I suppose a little bit... Oh, not not dumbfounded in the first half, but just watching the first quarter scores, checking the score at quarter time, and was getting a few messages from my dad and my brother, being like, "Yeah, you know, bit of a shellacking sort of thing," and, and you know, fifty points in the first quarter. I'm thinking, "Shit, yeah, you know, here we go." And then, and then, yeah, I was preoccupied throughout a fair bit of Saturday night, checking the scores on the way home, and yeah, watching it over the hundred, hundred and eight, and then sort of slowly dwindle back to, well, not not slowly, very quickly actually dwindle back to ninety. But no, it was just. Emphatic win. Look, North Melbourne were well off the pace. I think Melbourne were just too good. Our talent was always going to be way better than what we were. Um, so way better than what they put out on the park. They got a fair few young boys, but also had a reasonably experienced side out there as well too. So it's you can't put it all down to inexperience. It was actually yeah, quite a few old uh, old heads out there. You know, Liam Shields out there as he well playing the best, playing full games. Shields was really good. Yeah, yeah Cunnington goal. did his Cunnington did his good. thing. Yeah, Cunnington played yeah. himself in the form, and you think Aaron Hall, I reckon Aaron Hall had literally the the worst thirty disposal game I've, <laughs> I've seen. I reckon. Yeah, he was. Oh mate, anyone? I reckon he had six, seven goals kicked on him at least by Coz and um and Chandler. They were just running absolute rings around him, and it was great to see. I was well, I was there at the footy with um good mate of mine who's North Melbourne, and yeah, man, he was. He was just beside himself. He was like, this is literally worse than when they got beaten by like 130 on that Good Friday game. He was just like, we are just showing no, just nothing. Yeah. 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 No, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of, wasn't a lot of intent and effort there. And probably, yeah, it'd be disheartening as a, as a North supporter watching it uh, from the stands or watching it at home as well too. Some of the efforts that have been highlighted in the media over the last couple of days as well too, defensively. Yeah, it's not not what you want to see from your football club, and, and Melbourne was able to cruise to a nice, uh, nice percentage booster, in, which, as you mentioned, yeah, got us to second to Collingwood being on top. But it was, I think we ended up going up by about fourteen, fifteen percent. So it's it's going to come in very handy as well. So, uh, like, should we just get into it? Absolutely. Get into the good things. It, yeah, because I mean, <laughs> it's it's mostly good. Mostly good well from my end. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what you got. But uh, yeah, let's let's get stuck in. Back into the game. So, um, it's real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and, and you know, really lead from the front. And I thought we did that all day. So, we want to play our way. Just go after the boys.
Where do we start? <laughs> do we start with the first quarter? Because I think within the first couple of minutes, it was pretty evident that Melbourne was going to have a considerable impact on the game. And, and yeah, really, I think they must have listened to our pod last week because I've had a couple of uh, couple of comments from, from listeners and everyone saying, put the foot down. And, and we wanted to see that right from the first bounce and bloody hell, we saw it. Oh, no, no doubt. And you saw with the five goals in the first 10 minutes. And then, I'm oh, sorry to put this guy into this, but Coombin's ankle landing oh. on top of his foot, that was crook. Yeah. Absolutely crook. And it was weird. He was waving for the trainers and things. It was all it was all happening. I was like, oh, it was like pretty, I thought it was pretty innocuous. But then after seeing the replays, it was so bad. Oh. So what? So, so bad. They showed it at the at the game. No, they actually didn't. The yeah. Channel Seven and the game didn't show the replays. Yeah, which so, yeah, understandably as well too. Right. Yeah, I mean, trying to be in respect, but to go with that, and this is probably a real credit that I love to share is you know the Gorns and Levers going across and tapping him on the back and you know or shoulder or whatever they did, but just to make sure you know that you know the, the footy world's with him and whatever. And I think that was just a really nice gesture from the boys. So seeing that was yeah really pleasing to see. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was. <laughs> well, I just thought we're playing against witches hats out there in that first quarter. It was just we we could, literally couldn't do a thing wrong, and if we did do a thing wrong, it just magically fell back into our hands. It was, it was something I haven't seen for a long time. But bloody hell, it was just good to sit back and enjoy and be actually at the footy, thinking like. We we're actually a chance to be on the other end of a lot of misery in our time of getting our asses handed to us and being able to do that to another side. It was just nice to sit back and just you know just appreciate how good it was to be able to belt aside. It was, and yeah, look, it would have been hard for North Melbourne to go in at quarter time and take any positives out of that because there was nothing from it. I think you looked at Chin's first goal, you know, within the first minute. And I know we're going to talk about him later on. Oh, no, I certainly uh, am. <laughs> but I think... Go on a love child, maybe. Oh, seriously, Tommy though. Sparrow's gone. In comes the chin. <laughs> Sparrow had a really good game as well, too, I thought, as game. well. Uh, but I think we, we can't touch on the first quarter without talking about the uh, yeah the assassin in Bailey Fritch. Like he's, his start just kind of set us up as well, too. And again, three first quarter goals from him kind of set the tempo. Again, it, it, I marvel at his accuracy and just how easy he makes goal-kicking look at times. Like, you just know now we haven't had a forward like him who we can trust in front of goal. And, like, lately in the last few years, you can just tell that, you know, there was those times where he was quite shaky, especially on set shots. Whereas now, you back him in, he's dead-eyed dick. Like, he's not missing barely anything at all. And, and as soon as he wheels around on his left and he's got a bit of space... As well, too, for you know, the snap on his left, he's oh, he's just deadly. It's it's, it's bloody craft, man. It wild. just looks so pure. And um, do you know? It would, it's funny how you say we haven't had someone that's been reliable. as one of those like kind of like mid forwards. I I think of Brad Green, probably thinking back as someone that was quite reliable in front of the sticks. And I think yeah, Green he was probably what mid one eighties, and I think yeah, Fritters. I mean, Frit is just unique. I mean, he's he, he he's got the ability to, to launch at the footy, lead up at the footy, and you know make it hard because if you get a small forward on him, he's going to torch you in the air. And you know if you got a bigger bloke, then he can you know be off the mark. So 
Yeah, Pose is a good threat, and to be honest, he's based he's, he's their best forward, I think, and he's much better than other key tools because they can't kick a score at the moment. But yeah, great to see by him. It was, and I think as well, he's just a bit of a barometer for us as well. Like he, he's so damaging, he might only get seven or eight touches as well. Look, his defensive game can kind of waver a little bit in terms of his tackling intensity and and his effort in there, but. He's just, uh, yeah, just so consistent. And when he gets when he gets going early, I, I think it really gets him up and about and gets him involved early in the game is, is really important. Uh, interesting fact, 35 straight games with a goal. It's currently the longest active streak in the AFL for um, consecutive games with a goal. So massive from him as well too. And yeah, any anything else on Fritter? I think... Like, yeah, like after the after the first quarter, it kind of dropped off a bit, but so did, so did everybody else, I guess. And in in that regard, he, he still did some still did some nice things. I think actually, growth as a player, you know, there's a whole, that whole whole shit last last year, last couple of years about him being a bit mm, selfish, selfish. But the Cosy Cosy Pickett goal, where Shepherd it through, whereas maybe at times gone past, he might have tried to mark that, mark, yeah. you know, landing about. Five ten meters out from the goal square, but he just did the right thing there to make sure he shepherded it through. And yeah, I think you can kind of credit him on that about you know changing his game and, and really maturing as a player. And as you mentioned, he's probably our most dangerous forward inside fifty as that kind of lead up forward. And he is incredibly crafty. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully continues on that trend. I'm not sure how many he's got for the year, but uh, yeah. I don't, don't wonder, would he be our leading goal kicker for the year? You'd have to be. He would be. You can be search it up as I chat about him now. I think, <laughs> okay. um, well, sorry. Another thing that I love about Fruder is he and Clary combine for my every week multi at this stage. I always go Clary most touches and Fruder most goals. And thank you to those boys because I got up on the weekend. Um, Fruder kicked the four and then no one else kicked four. And then Clary added it. Yeah, I think 37, 38, just beat track. Mind you, he's, he was best on, which we'll chat about him. I'll chat about him in a second. Uh, amazing to to get a win um, after Nibbler last week in the first goal. So I think, yeah, it's nice having two wins in the multis with the D. Very good. I'll have to bring good. back Simmo's multi for the... We'll have to, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'll tell you what, if I'm winning two weeks in a row, I mean, it's a pretty... Pretty big one if you put a first goal scorer in a multi, but anyway. <laughs> um, Petrarca, he, that, that's easily his best game since, oh, definitely his best game of the year. He had, you know, mid-30s, I think it was around 10 inside 50s, a few goal assists, kicked three himself. He... He, he was he was exceptional track, and he even hit this. He even was kicking his set shots. So you know that something's gone right for <laughs> kicking in front of goal. I think Mark Williams has taken over that mantle, and I think oh, he's yeah. doing a bloody good job because I think we're still definitely. Well, probably you could probably do another research for me, but we're definitely up there with the most accurate side in the competition. Number one, number one. We're still pretty sure we still are as well too, and and that's been the most pleasing things, and it makes a hell of a lot of difference when you're kicking him straight. But it's, yeah, probably something that we haven't totally been used to over the last couple of years. And you have to credit that to somebody like Mark Williams who's, who's done a body of work with our goal kickers. And I think he's, yeah, he, I think he exclusively replaced Greg Stafford as the forward coach. I'm, I'm pretty sure that happened at the start of the, start of the year or before the preseason. So just on track. But yeah, so 35 touches, 16 contested. 
four clearances, 14 score involvements, and then the three goals won. I had a note here, re-watching the game. He could have easily had five. He could have had five five snags. Uh, it was very unselfish. Huge. Uh, well, oh, well, there's that the um the look away handball in the I think it's in the fourth quarter from Chin to track running inside fifty, and he just bobbled it, and he would have streamed straight into had a fair bit of space in front of him, about forty out, and then he he missed a pretty gettable snap as well too. But I'm not sure how many exactly goal assists as well. Hard not to mention his partner in crime though with Clary. 37 touches, 15 contested, six clearances, eight score involvement. So as a collective, those two were just massively dominant in the midfield. And yeah, statistically just just in awe and, and yeah, monstered, monstered the mids for the North. Well, Clary, Clary had 16 in the first quarter and you think this is going to be a huge day. Could he... Could he break the record here with that sort of <laughs> stat line? I think what's the record have to be around the mid fifties. I think Tom Mitchell might have cracked the fifty six. Yeah. Ablett had it for a little while, didn't he? And I guess it topped the fifty. Mm. Um going back to well, you never told me the stats, but yes, Fritch is Elling sixteen. I'm sorry, I got there and then I got distracted. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> I think well the the surprising one and it's probably a nice little segue is Kay Chandler's kicked thirteen goals this year at 1.9 a game, and we just keep talking about him every year. I mean, you've got it there. He's super, super accurate. And those snaps, it basically won a game. And those, yeah, he's just bloody, he's incredible around the sticks. And even those set shots, you see him on the wrong side for a left footer in that left pocket, especially you've seen a couple at the, at the punt right end. He's bloody, he's bloody incredible in front of the sticks, isn't he? It's well if you look at the see the second point I've got down there, thirteen two for the year, twelve straight since round one. So round one he would have kicked one goal two, and then he's kicked twelve straight since then, including three bags of three. I think the biggest thing for him though, not only is his work in the forward, but he's just he he's versatile and I think his work up the ground as well too on on Saturday night was was massive. There's a there's one particular mark ten mark, ten minute mark of the second. He's backing into a marking contest, um, going back with the flight. He's got two North Melbourne players on there. Ends up winning the contest and gets the ball to Grundy, who then Grundy has no one to handball, so he handballs in space in front of him. Chandler then races up there. Uh, I think he's got Kane Turner on his heels, tackles Kane Turner, gets a stoppage. But there's like three individual efforts within there within 10 seconds. His IQ in the middle and his speed is is so damaging i think and it's not going to be just in the forward presence it's, it he can have an impact all over the ground do you know what's really funny about i've gone i've just completely lost all train of thought <laughs> I, I literally had an absolute ripping point and oh, I've just lost he's so it. clean though he's such a he's he such is. a clean use of the ball and his hands are like he took a great contested mark in the third quarter and up on the wing there and it, again like he's just yeah, he's turning into a really important member of the Fremont Football Club. I know it's early days, but you watch his performances in these seven games. We we pegged it last week. He's a walk up start always, but he's probably in he's probably in our top eight most important players right now of season twenty twenty three. He's is a big reason why uh, we've had a really successful start to the season. Correct. I remember what I was going to talk about, and this has been actually spoken about on different Melbourne pages in the last couple of weeks. And they keep saying, well, people that go to watch our trainings keep saying that, you know, the chins in the rehab group, he's, you know, he's got his knee strapped, all this, this and that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he does not look hampered at all out there. 
which is really bizarre to see. I don't know if he just gets put in cotton wool on a Monday post-game. I mean, obviously, we played the Monday before. But that, that's really interesting to, to hear and see, you know, from an insider's perspective of, you know, being there, you know, at their training and things, which is, yeah, I mean, it was just an interesting point to sort of see across the board. So if he keeps playing good footy, I mean, just, yeah, just block all that sort of stuff out. So if you see that on the Melbourne pages and things, just obviously it's yeah, a bit of hoo-ha. yeah. No, no, definitely. I, I, I honestly hadn't seen anything like that, but uh, I, I just marvelled at him. And, and yeah, he might have just slipped in there as a new love child. I did think Tommy Sparrow had a, had a really good game in the middle. He spent a fair bit of time inside, especially in the second half as well. So just giving a couple of the other boys a rest, and especially track resting forward a little bit more. But uh, did you see you come off half back a couple of times? See who came off half back? Did you see uh, who came off half back yeah, a couple of times? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Think I'll I'll let you think for a second. <laughs> think Dacos Dacos esque, Dacos esque, off half back. So he obviously doesn't always come I reckon, off half back. I reckon this bloke would rack up fifty a game if you play. Uh, nah, I don't know. It'll be. I'm sure it'll be like. Nah, don't know. I was. Oh, I'll be. I was being an absolute. Was it Clary? No, nah. it was Clary. Oh well, but that's but that's not that's not unusual for him though. He's but, been doing that for for a little bit now. It was it was bloody. He just it was just racking them up, and I just thought, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> I think it might have been the second quarter, and it. I was just like, "Why well, is Clary down here? What's going on?" No, it was, <laughs> I mean, I suppose when you yeah. when you're up by that much, you kind of start saying some stupid shit. But anyway, <laughs> well, all right. Well, let, let's have a think about it. It was about two quarters of like dominant football and then the third really dried up or, or would you would you admit one and a bit or two and a bit and then it really kind of dried up the especially the third quarter was pretty boring to watch i think north melbourne kind of tried to overpossess the ball especially after the first quarter what do we have after the first quarter what did i say 30 37 I more we, we would, i was gonna say we probably doubled their possessions in that first quarter we just yeah held on to it forever it was um Domino. It was, it was completely, yeah, like I said before, we were playing against Witches Hats. And <laughs> it was funny because North Melbourne actually had more turnovers than we did in the first quarter. And we had twice the amount of footy. So that speaks volumes of what they were doing with it. <laughs> Aaron Hall probably yeah. had about half a dozen of them. <laughs> I'd love <laughs> to check his efficiency, but Jesus. Oh, well, I'm going to do that. Maybe I'm going to do that and I won't forget to do it. Uh, but the third quarter alone, I think North just kind of really slowed down and they did own it. I mean, they had 40 marks in the third quarter. They had 45 in the first half alone. So you look at that. Parts of their game worked in that sense of being able to actually like slow, stem the bleeding a little bit. And we did. We did the third quarter was, what did we kick? Two goals to, it might have been two each potentially in the third quarter. But then we managed to sort of drum it up in the last, right up until the last five minutes which uh, we'll not save for a very short segment after this. But, um, yeah, I mean, all in all, pretty awesome performance, considering also coming off the back of a five-day break as well too. Like, you look at that performance then, especially to come out with that much energy and that much hunger at the start of the game, it's, yeah, <laughs> to not get the 100-point win, maybe maybe we can kind of still sit back and, and just enjoy the... Enjoy the game and then appreciate that the boys had a limited rest during the week and uh, yeah, take take the percentage booster and it'll set us up for the rest of the rest of the season, no doubt. Correct, mate. And here you go. The third quarter was three goals to two. 
our, our favour. So yeah, the scoring did dry up, and like you said, they were just playing some pretty boring footy, and you know that their real only avenue to goal was Larky and uh, what's his name, bloody um, Zerha. Zerha, you don't yeah. mess with him. Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't really have much else, or especially forward of the footy, and uh, they were just over possessing the footy and. I mean, mind you, I mean, it was great to see Harry Sheasel live for the first time. I think he's going to be a really good player. He looked good, yeah. Someone to touch on for them. Um, you know, they've got a generational player. So, there you go. I was look, I was just looking at the same thing. I was, I was thinking Aaron 67%. Hall. He's gone 67. I saw he had seven turnovers, which, yeah. mind you, I reckon he's kicks, though. You, you might say he still hit a target, but... There was one way, I think it was like a 15-meter backwards kick, and it just went nowhere near. It might have just trickled along the ground. and ugh. There was a bit of that from both sides, especially in that second half as well. There was some pretty ordinary skills at, at, at certain moments in the game. Yeah, I think it was mainly the third, and like in the last quarter, we are just having a bit of playtime. Like you can see Bowser just sneak forward and kick a sauce roll. Yeah, that and that also put us great. up by 100 too. Which... It was. Yeah, it might be a nice little segue to go through pretty pissed off because it looks like you've only got one thing to say. I do. Just quickly before we go, one one other point I didn't put down there, but I thought our wingers were incredibly effective on Saturday night. I think both Langdon and Hunter, although you, you got a smile on your face, I feel like you got something to say. I thought Langdon was fantastic. I think he worked really hard. And look, there was plenty of Lockheed Hunter underground hand balls. There was very much a lot of... Uh, hesitation and then firing off a shitty kick at the last second but but i still think that they certainly outworked their opponents clearly all night which i know wasn't hard throughout the season. what are you showing me i can't say it's all what you know what's really funny about you saying ed langdon because he had seven disposals in the first three quarters and you say he's had a blinder oh Mate, you know what he's like. He doesn't have to have the ball. He doesn't have to have the ball. You must have watched the fourth quarter, mate. What are you talking about? He's had 13 nah. in the fourth. No, nah. no. Nah. He's a... Uh, I don't know. I, I just, he did some terrific things. He always does it. Like, he ended up with 20 in the end, and maybe there's a bit more... Maybe it was a bit more in the fourth there, but, like, he stood out to me. I think I think he performed really, really well. And, look, he, he seemed like he got a lot of the ball, and I didn't actually look at his stats, but from the eye test, I thought that he had a good game. So <laughs> I can't wait to see your votes and see if Ed Langdon's in there because I can number <laughs> off. Probably about 13 right. better players. <laughs> All right, so are we going? Are we, we're segueing? Pretty, I'm, I'm, pretty pissed, I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. Sorry. <laughs> are we recording? Oh, we are recording. <laughs> well, you can start it off. Mate. There much to be pissed off about? It's a bit hard. <sighs> this is going along too long. Lockie Hunter, stop bloody doing those underground handballs. Please. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious me! I mean, they do out. work sometimes. They work sometimes, but they work about forty-three percent of the time. And it's rubbing off. There's a few others. I reckon I saw at least Nibbler did at least one, and there was a couple of other players. I reckon it's certainly starting to creep into their game. But uh, yeah, mm. but oh, look, when they're effective, they they get you know they they get us by, and they can be clever in the right times. But yeah, you can certainly overdo it. 
True, true. Sure. I must say, Lockie Hunter did play a really good game. I thought he was quite, quite good. But those underground handballs shit me up the wall. And I can't bloody <laughs> fathom how. When when they don't come off, I'm just like, oh my goodness gracious me. Seriously? Ugh. Anyway, my other thing too, Tim, is, I mean, it's hard to nitpick. And it's hard to run off a bloke that's played five games and a bloke that's played his first game for the club. But we've had key forwards again who aren't firing. And we, mind you, it's happening in the VFL too. We have our key forwards not firing. And you think, when there's going to be a time for him to step up, which Rue did last well, on last Monday, you think, how are we going to get there? Especially if we're made to be forced to kick, we call it footy point post extended. If we're made to kick those instead of getting outmarked, are we actually going to have someone that can actually make a contest and bring it to ground? Or even take a contested grab. I mean, yes, we've got Gorn that floats down there, but far out he can't kick a barn door going for a set shot. <laughs> I mean, Rue has had, what, five or six disposals. Mind you, he's a really good set shot, and I really want the ball in his hands. Shaki probably has the ability to be a nice set shot as well, which was one of his biggest assets when he was drafted. He was very, very accurate. But I just think... Oh, it, it must frustrate the hell out of Simon Goodwin trying to find our forward line balance because we've got no consistency in our key forwards. And you think, oh, what the hell is going to happen when we've, like I just said, we've we've got to get some dominance from these players. You've got Kerno kicking nine. You've got Tommy Hawkins kicking eight. We don't have that ability. I mean, we've got Fritter who can bob up and kick these three or four. We've got Chandler and Cozzy that are causing havoc at ground level. We've got midfielders that are now kicking goals like track, um, it's probably averaging around the one, one and a half a game. You, you think we are getting not enough service from those boys. And you think, how long is this going to drag on for? Is it going to become an issue where we start? I mean, we've, we've definitely changed the way we play. We're, we're changing angles a bit more, et cetera, which, you know, kind of eliminates our key forwards to a degree. And we try and kick it away from where the opposition key backs are. But you think, you know, I, I could... Yeah, we didn't take a contested. Those two didn't take a contested grab, and you think when's it going to come? I don't know. What's your take? I'm I'm going to respectfully disagree because I think that it's just a bit of an asset to to see that we had 11 separate goal kickers on Saturday night and to find different ways to score. No, our big key forwards didn't fire, but it's not like we haven't had that at times during the season, and we know that Goody's been coming out. You know, to the press and saying, we don't know. We're still experimenting with what our forward line looks like. I don't want to be predictable. And I don't think we've really had a dominant key forward. And it's probably not, maybe it's not what they're, what they're trying to go for in that sense. But you've watched, okay, like Rue last week, having that dominant quarter. You had T-Mac against West Coast who had a really dominant display. Ben Brown in the first three rounds was quite dominant as a forward. But... I, I, you don't want to, you, you don't want to just have Plan A and that's it. I think that it's shown that if you can get nine goals between Chandler, Track, and Chin, all um, and then adding another four on top with Fritter, but you sort of regularly expect that, mate. It just makes us that much harder to sort of plan against. I think. Oh, I, I credit to them, and I know that they're moving the magnets around a bit and trying to find the right mix. Shacky, yeah, didn't get a lot there. Probably on that point, there was times when all three, Gorn, Shaki, and Rue were all flying and there was there was not a much going on 
in that sense, it might be a little bit of a waste if, if all three are in the air and, and no one's sort of holding their ground. But yeah, I, I don't think, I'm not worried about it. Like we're still finding our feet in that regard. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear your point of view too because you start thinking of, you know, what other teams are doing. You know, are other teams becoming too predictable going forward? And like you're saying, that, that mix kind of, you know, makes me second guess my comments there too because yeah like you like you're saying if we've got different avenues to go it does create you know like a, a what if situation but then you do have the issue of when maxi does go down there people will start trying to jump on his head i know really tried to jump on his head a couple of times <laughs> no nah, but that's but, what um, it's all for mate it's what it's all for that's it <laughs> we just want to keep yeah well you know and we want to see our key forwards in the twos dominate too i mean Ben Brown and T-Mac should be tearing the BFL to shreds, but they just haven't been. Melksham with five goals. Melksham with five. Yeah, that's yeah. that's bizarre. Did you see the goal he kicked? No, I did. I, I think Make I saw sure you get it. When you get a chance, watch the vision. He, we kick it into him. He flicks it up with his foot, gets possession, kicks a nice one on his right, um, you know, running into the pocket, which was yeah, pretty special. They were calling <laughs> it bloody the best goal of the year. I'm like, there geez. you go. No, I thought it definitely was crisp. Look. It was nice and crisp. <laughs> Taj by Woden put together a couple of snags too. It's good to see. And yeah, it'll be good to see our young boys continue to grow. Yeah. Uh, what do you got there, mate? It's your last one, which is. <laughs> I, I was frustrated about it. A little bit. I was a little bit frustrated after giving away those late couple goals. But I think, for, yeah, from, from a fan's point of view, it was easy on the night to sort of see us up by 108 and then concede sort of three late goals. It's not something that we've been known for doing recently of recent times and you'd hate to see uh you know a collapse like that in a much tighter contest in a much more important game we don't make a habit of it but i think you could see it on the players faces you watch gus's face as cunnington uh yeah cunnington kicks that goal after the siren which geez he almost played on on the siren it could have not counted <laughs> i didn't see that but to watch him, he was absolutely filthy. Maisie was filthy at the end there. You could see that they were not happy and whether, you know, like we know how much that they pride themselves on their defence and, and that Goody tries to set goals throughout matches. I'm sure that they wanted to keep him as, as low a score as possible and to, to pile on three goals in garbage time, I'm sure that they'll go back and rue some of those chances. But yeah, it's, as I said, five-day break. It's it's nothing to <laughs> nothing to uh, really concentrate on. We move on. It, a hundred point win does always sound nicer, doesn't it? Like you look at Carlton, where you almost parallel those two games: Carlton versus West Coast, Arsenal versus North Melbourne. Who was going to win by more? But uh, Carlton got the chocolates in that sense. But no, it's 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 not a big thing. So I'm not too worried about it. that time of the week for the hop end D-Life or display player of the year award which is adjudicated by us and only us my one week for oh my one week my one vote <laughs> for this week goes to a bloke that absolutely blanketed Jaden Stevenson oh my goodness gracious me this guy is an absolute out and out star he's starting to get his two-way running going and look the hell out Trent Rivers Trent Rivers one vote he was super I thought his ability to run off and 
players, we actually look for him a lot down the back line now. And, oh, mate, it's exciting. And he's starting to be my new love child. Uh, <laughs> who have you got, mate, for one day? All right. Uh, just before I give my vote, I have to give a really big shout out to one of our listeners here in terms of it's, it's very relevant to this uh this segment of the pod so michael robertson uh robo who's reached out to the pod a couple of times nephew of uh ian Munro, who wrote um the great book uh between two flags uh regards to the d's um drought between our last two premierships reached out after listening to me bumbling on trying to find the leaderboards and trying to juggle the spreadsheet and whatnot so simo you know what he's done mate I sent, he, he asked me to send it to him and he said, oh, can I help? He goes, I was going to let you guys know I was going to help last week or two weeks ago. And he goes, and I forgot I was going to message it. And he goes, when I listened to last week's episode, it reminded me. <laughs> and so what he's done, and it's absolute legend, he's, uh, he's taken the spreadsheet, he's reconfigured it. I've got to show you, but it's he's put all the players in number order. He's put all Excel formulas in so that it adds up automatically and I can see the rank there and and yeah and he's mate he's an absolute so i said to robo that in an email today i said you know we're so appreciative of it and i said his his name is all is always going to be related to the subject it will he's, he's forever etched in history for the hop in delightful display so robo you're an absolute legend i said we definitely owe you a couple of beers at the at the footy if we see you and uh yeah thank you but uh on to my first vote now, I've switched computers because I'm on a new laptop and I think I've wrote my votes on my old laptop. So, I'm going off the top of my head here. And you're going to be disgraced, Simo, because I've given a vote. To, <laughs> I've given one vote to Ed Langdon. I did. I do remember I gave him that. <laughs> I, look, I think that he still had a ripper game. I, I don't care what you say. This, this is why we're here. This is, this, we're here to agree and disagree respectfully. Nice, mate. Uh, my two votes go to a bloke who I think he's been... Yeah. To be honest, I reckon he's been way down on his years over the last couple of years, and that's Gus Brayshaw. I thought Gus Brayshaw's rebound game was super. No, and I thought, how have we not spoken about his, his ability to hit targets again? I mean, I think this game's going to be awesome for him to get that confidence back, and I think he's been searching for it. He, you know, he, he probably has been a little bit disappointed on his performances purely based on how he's used the footy and... Yeah, to go at a high efficiency, and he had almost the thirty disposals, and I thought he was just back to his back to his rebounding best. He was, uh, yeah. I wish I highlighted him before because he he really was. He was so composed down back there, as as he is. But he's just that steadying presence, and he and he did it. Game one fifty again, massive milestone for him. Everything that he's overcome with his concussions and everything, we sort of we probably forget that a little bit at times. Yeah. Um. You know, you sort of take the helmet as just part of his persona now. Um. No. Do, you know, do you know what? I saw people in the crowd wearing a helmet. That was, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I reckon I saw three people across nah, the table. that's unreal. Wearing a helmet. I thought it was awesome. And it was the exact <laughs> same helmet. I thought, you've, you've outdone yourself. Uh, oh, what have I done? No, I've put two votes, mate. Hey? Oh, yeah. No, you've just... buggered up the spreadsheet already. I haven't buggered it. I'm just... I'm just um, what's the word? Uh, orientate, orientating myself around it. My two votes goes to Christian Petrarca. It was pretty hard to go past his clinical performance. Look, very robust in the statistics side of things, but again, to hit the scoreboard three times, and his set shot kicking is probably worth a vote alone. I think to see how much, how hard he's worked on it off in the off season, and yeah, last year was was quite uh, yeah 
inconsistent in that space. <laughs> and you just know that can be that final cog to really unleash him. He doesn't he's not gonna always get three goals every week, but yeah, it's a bit of a a bit of a hint on what what could be if he continues to sort of spend a bit of more time down forward. Fantastic. And I, gee, I, I think I could guarantee who your three votes are, but honourable mention to Clary. I mean, he's just an absolute ball pig. Hard, hard. Ball pig, and he's had 37 again. But no votes for Clary for me. It's all Petrarca. I thought he was outrageous, as you know, talking about him before. I just thought he couldn't really put a foot wrong. And, you know, Al was pretty excited with him in his in a Supercoach side, racking up, I think it was 165. So... Uh, to be able to yeah to hit the scoreboard to get others involved and to just be an all round beast, I just thought he was back to his, you know his his finals best. And I thought you know if if this is another springboard for him because he hasn't been as damaging, probably more so from kicking, you know those uh, heap of goals. I mean he's been pretty inconsistent in terms of his goal kicking this year as well, but obviously he's turned it around because you obviously wanted to give him a vote based on that. Uh, it, it, it's it's a great thing to see, and he's he's here. I mean, you say oh, I couldn't compare him being one or Clary being one. It's they're together, they're you know, a collective approach. And God, man, like the things that man can do, look out. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Obviously, uh, off the back of my two votes, look, my three votes goes to maybe the new love child, but. The Crimson Gin, mate. He he was hard to go. He was hard to go past. And I probably what more got the three votes for me was his consistency across the whole game. Whereas I, I found that some players kind of faded out a little bit in the third, which we did. We didn't get a lot of that ball. Um, certainly slowed up in that third quarter. But his ability to be able to affect impact the game in so many different areas of the ground, I thought was outstanding. It's something that we probably yeah we're getting to see more and more of. And there was just so many different points throughout the night where he's either bursting with speed, like the, even the first quarter, like evading off half back. Then he just arches back a little bit and turn on the jets and sort of headed into the corridor to be able to sort of launch it forward. Then we know what he does with with his left boot in front of the sticks and he's so accurate there as well too. So, you know, the 21 touches, which I think is career high for him, uh, eight marks, three tackles and running at 86% efficiency as well too. I thought that's that's pretty elite for somebody who's still finding, I suppose, finding their uh, chemistry with the rest of the team. But yeah, I, I think that his performance was was really consistent and certainly, uh, certainly was a huge, huge barometer for the rest of the game. 100%. I think one thing that does go, I wouldn't say really overly unsighted, but his ability to get goals is too. I think just being able to spot up teammates as well and get get involved in the chain. He's had 44 score involvements for the year at an average of 6.3. I mean, obviously, well, uh, what's it? Christian Petraga at 59 at 8.4, Clarity 8.1 with 57, and Cozzy with 40. So you think, you know, he's up there with those boys in terms of his ability to, yeah, to get involved in those linking chains. And I just think, yeah, he, he's... When he gets it, he, you know you're going to get something pretty valuable out of it. And, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. And, again, another honourable mention to the chin. I feel like I'm underpinning him for the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Not at all. Not at all. So, do you want to, I can give you now a much quicker and much more <laughs> efficient slimline. Uh, slimline. <laughs> more efficient leaderboard. Uh, thanks, Robo. No so, we have, a new, we have a new leader. 
Uh, Christian Petrarca has hit number one with 13 votes, uh, which, yeah, I mean, he caught five votes from us collectively this week, so no doubt there. So he's sitting pretty at number one. Coming in at number two is Clayton Oliver. Uh, didn't pull a vote this week, but still sitting quite high there on 11. And then third, we have... Now, here we go. I should have sorted this. Oh, Jackie Lieber's still on there with, uh, with eight Another votes Another good there, game so. by him. He, he went completely unsided by us. Yeah, he... Yeah. I think, oh, just... He's just so he's just an absolute servant of the club, and he? he's just he doesn't know what he's gonna get. Nah. And you, yeah, oh. I'm too I'm too I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm too afraid to sort this by rank in case I stuff up anything else. So I'm just that's why I was trying to find the ranks there. But well, <laughs> no, thanks, Robbo. Thanks, thanks Robbo. Robbo. <laughs> People aren't commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fagazi. No, I can't. But it's uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> All right. Well, a couple of fan thoughts from Saturday night's 90-point victory against the Roos. Fugazi, we have our first comment here from Selena on Facebook who says, Watching Chin every week makes me feel better about losing Toby Bedford. Chin is elite. And I'm right there with you, Selena. I, Simo, would definitely think we're, we're, we're certainly, we're buying lots of chin stock at the moment. <laughs> you have to get his badge, I reckon, pretty soon. Oh, I'll have to. Yeah, load him up. Yeah, well, Tony Bedford debuted for GWS, and I think he kicked one, but he also, I mean, he, he made some posts about bouncing. I don't know. If he, <laughs> I saw he that. Must've, he must have been pinned I, I haven't seen it. Too far? Yeah. Who knows? Must have been running too fast <laughs> for his own good. Uh, next one comes in from Perrin Brown. Nice little percentage booster. Liked how the players got annoyed about not winning by over 100 points. That sort of reiterates what you said. Uh, says it all, really. Uh, this group is hungry. And yes, they are. And I think we've got the perfect opportunity to continue to do this in the next couple of weeks. Although Gold Coast, which we'll touch on very soon, Gold Coast are in some pretty good nick. Uh, coming off three straight wins. So, you know, it might not be as easy. And we haven't actually played that well at it's not called it. It's like Riverbank Stadium. Or it's not Metricon you know. anymore. No. no, it's not Metricon. Oh, then... they don't exist anymore. <laughs> no. Oh no, sorry, they do. No, no, they they survived the the building apocalypse at the moment. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> well, anyway, the group is hungry because yes, when we move, we've got a chance to eat and you know playing against Gold Coast and then Hawthorne. You so you think, but the potential chance for for us to get some pretty healthy healthy wins and. You know, solidify and just sort of flex the muscles a bit would be nice to see. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and the last one here comes from Warren Stamp, who says, every time I say fritter with the ball in hand, I know it's going in, deadly in front of goal. And again, yeah, echoing that point we sort of made at the start of the pod where he's just so reliable. Mr. Reliable at the moment, as you said, 16 goals for the season, number one goal kicker for the club. When you look in terms of the Coleman, he's not up there with, I think, uh, was it? Uh, th- who's on 30? Um, 30, both for Cameron? Cameron and also Kerno. And Kerno. So, look, he's not not going to get to 100 goals, but I, I think the even spread as well, too, is just really benefiting him. And you've got so many different potential uh, <laughs> potential goal kickers out there that he's just going to reap those rewards. He's going to, one team's going to take it lightly and, and he's just going to feast on that. So, definitely agree with that. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing. 
but we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And, and coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. Oh, mate, one week at a time, the best time of the week. The chance for me to ramble on about all the opposition's <laughs> bloody good stuff and shit stuff and all that jazz. <laughs> Gold Coast. Gold Coast are in bloody good nick, mate. They won three in a row. It's going to be... It won't be a walk in the park, I feel. And for them to start finally... I mean, Stewie Dew is under fire. Big time. And then they've come back and won the three. I mean... I think the biggest thing I see here is their biggest strength is out, and he always tears us to shreds, and that's Took Miller. Took Miller loves... I he'd probably have in the last three or four contests would be averaging easily 35 against us. Yes, they've got some young young players coming through, which I think Ryan Anderson have been super for him this year, and I think they've taken that slight next step and I think Rao's now starting to you know how Clary was just hacking on the boot and you think Rao is doing the same Rao's starting to explode out of a stoppage like how Clary did and you know set those feet etc so you think he, I reckon Rao probably goes head to head with Clary which is going to be pretty interesting to see a couple of rangers go toe to toe it'd be it'd be bloody good you like that one yeah you're right <laughs> yeah I actually, but, uh, do you know what? I actually think we need to put some effort and time into Noah Anderson. I think he he breaks lines, and it, there's other players that do that too. And you got uh, what's his name? I think is it uh, not Lemons? He's he's just come back from injury for Gold Coast. I have to double check the name. I'll get back to you when you chat some shit. But um, <laughs> they've got a few blokes that are in a rich vein of form, and Ben King's probably the big one too, which is he started to to get his hands around it a bit more. And, you know, after a pretty lean first four or five weeks of the season, he's really hitting his straps now, obviously coming back from an ACL. So you think he's going to be hard to beat. Marbia Choll's in pretty poor form, and he's probably one that could bob up as well. And I think, you know, a lot of our time and effort will go to Ben King, which will be Maisie's um, matchup, or even potentially if Petty does come back in the side, I'd have to double-check where he's at in terms of his... His body, because I knew he was out with soreness, I believe. So, yeah, well, concussion was what Goody said the other day as well, too. So, yeah, a bit, bit of a mystery around, around that. Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to double-check in that. And, we, you know, we, we haven't heard much about Spargo as well after uh, missing missing two weeks as well. So, you think, you know, where's where's that sort of lie? You know, think who who's a place to sort of go out for those two, which we'll talk about very soon. But, yeah, what do you, what do you think, mate? What's... What sort of their oh. strengths do you think in, in Gold Coast? And, yeah. Oh, look, to be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of Gold Coast play this year, so I'm not overly familiar with, with how they play. Like, in, you know the names, as, as you mentioned, like Ben King now, sort of making his way back is, is definitely going to be that key matchup um, with Maisie. Matty Rao is just that kind of forgetting, forgotten player a little while. Well, he was... You know, like he burst onto the scene in his rookie year. Remember the hype around him, and then when he, then he injured his shoulder. I, like I still remember watching that and, and watching him injure his shoulder, and then he did his ACL. So sort of been fighting back from this journey of of quite severe injuries, and he was yeah he was amazing to watch in his in those first sort of That's half cool. a dozen ten games in, in his rookie year. So again, with missing Took Miller is, is huge. Like he's such a he's the heart and soul of that club. Um, somebody who's been around there since day dot. But yeah, I think for Melbourne 
they've just got to continue to heap the pressure on. Like we're traveling again. What's that? Like four times now within within eight rounds or or something along those lines. So that challenge will be will be there within itself. But no, I just want to see us apply the same intent as what we did on North Melbourne. Doesn't matter doesn't matter who we're playing and where we're playing. I want to see that same effort. We don't want to see what we what started to creep in against North Melbourne and certainly against Essendon. So as long as we're on from the first bounce, like as you said, they're in a good stretch of, of form at the moment, but we know that our class should be able to, you know, really outwork them and should be able to get the win comfortably up there. Hundred percent. And yeah, like I was saying before, just Gold Coast has been a really interesting game when we do travel there because it tends to be quite close. I remember the Tom McDonald possession and like trickle through the points was pretty interesting. Was was that like eighteen seconds left a few years ago? That was that was That's, I think that, that was, was first years year ago. Of COVID. Was that I think it might have been twenty twenty when yeah mm-hmm. it was it's just a bizarre <laughs> circumstance and just yeah I don't know we just don't find ways to put them to a sword to the sword so. It'll be interesting to see. I think they're yeah, dashing pesky. halfbacks, which are they are pesky. They're dashing halfbacks, which the name does. I now remember is Will Power. Will Power's in a rich vein of form, as well as Darcy McPherson. Kind of Darcy McPherson's kind of reinvented himself as a bit of a small dashing defender, kind of like a bit of like a Caleb Daniel of halfback, which has been really interesting to see his growth in that area. And I think another one, which is Charlie Ballard, which likes to drop off a fair bit. I think he could pose a bit of a threat, especially if our forwards aren't being the aerial will have an aerial dominance and I think I think if we can sort of nullify his impact in terms of dropping off that'd be really handy key matchups I think I think we've yeah I've said I think Real goes to Oliver and I think it could be another chance for track to, to really balloon out and have a big game and potentially have that you know the 30 and 3 or 30 and 2 kind of game where Clary will do all the hard stuff and yeah track will explode from stoppage which would be great to see. As I said, Ben King, I think we'll get covered by Maisie with potentially Petty. I don't know how how that selection will go, but I think if we can, you know, obviously Ben King's like 206 centimetres, I believe. So he will be causing a threat in the air. Another player, which this is a really, this is a player that actually really annoys me. He's a funny looking fella, but Nick Holman, he's, he's been a bit of a pest this year. And I think, He's going to get on this under the skin of some of our halfbacks. He just just launches himself at the footy. He just doesn't care. Just has no regard for his safety. He just crashes in. Just causes absolute havoc. And I think he will probably look to go to some of our halfbacks. Like probably like your, your Brayshaws and your, even Trent Rivers at times. And then just also thinking one other matchup. Max has always talked about Jared Witts being one of the hardest ruckmen to. To, to go up against, and you know he's just making his way back from injury as well too. And they've got a couple of big bodies between him and Chole, who will do the chop out for the second ruck. Like great for us that we got Grundy as well too. But there's some a couple of yeah decent sized ruckmen there. You're not going against uh, whoever, what was it? Whoever um, oh, somebody trounced out the other week. Oh uh, yeah, no Moyle. I think his name was Moyle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll be a really interesting uh, battle to watch. I think. The advantage obviously lies on us for having two formidable Ruckman in Grundy and, and Gorn in the middle against Wits, but yeah, it'll it, it won't be it won't be a shellacking. I, I can say because Wits is, is certainly very talented and very strong Ruckman too. Yeah, I think they were the two that really got a hold of us last time when we did travel over there. They yeah they posed a bit of a threat for us, and I think 
if we're able to, yeah, to nullify, I mean, obviously we took out, uh, and I suppose, you know, the Wits' right-hand man is, is Took Miller, but with Noah Anderson running around, we still need to be mindful of him. And, you know, I, I think we'll probably just go completely head-to-head in that regard. Uh, I think it'll just be Ben King, which is the biggest one, uh, especially in his rich vein of form. Uh, thinking changes for the game, it's it's an interesting one to think about. Like, obviously, you've got Sp- Spargo and Petty are in their best 22, and you think, who's going to make way for those boys? And you think, it, it, it's crap, because I think James Jordan, I reckon James Jordan's a ripping, a ripping player. And my fear is he does walk at the end of the season because purely based on... He's like that... He's like that 23rd man. I feel like he is the one that always will be pinpointed as the one that does go out for these players coming back in. And it's almost like him and Harms, really, to, to a degree at the moment. And even Malksham, you think of those boys as almost like 23, 24, 25 men, which it's it's hard because even if they're in good nick, like, what are we going to do? It's, yeah. It poses a real interesting, you know, thought process to go through because, you know, what, why aren't we having James Jordan who's had consecutive 20-plus games, who's been quite good, especially in the clinches, you know, having multiple centre-bounce attendances and being quite clean with his disposal and, and, you know, his effort levels have been fantastic. And you think, he's another player where I don't really want to lose because he's such a good depth player. Yeah. But... When your team is doing so well, it, it's really hard because you think of Richmond's, they've lost like your Dan Butlers and your, your players like this, Brandon Ellis is another one. They've lost these players because they're like almost hanging on by the fringe and we're going to start to see that. We, we saw Jane Hunt leave, which was a really hard one to do because he's actually doing really well at West Coast. Surprising with <clears throat> all the crap that's going down there. But you think it, James Jordan could be another one of those potential circumstances even harms as well yeah it it is it's 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 a tight tight squeeze in that in that space and it is going to be uh oh battery's running away there you go <laughs> um yeah it is going to be one of those conundrums that that is going to keep coming up with spargo depending on where he's at with his concussion as well shaki i don't know like whether he keeps his spot in the side or whether whether he gets shuffled on and they they opt to bring in one of the other tools i also Looking at the travel and looking how they've managed Michael Hibbert as well over the last couple of weeks, they've subbed him out early. I think is that Achilles, not not giving him, not giving a whole lot of grief, but I think just being precautionary with that. Mm. If they're going to make, you know, they're traveling to Gold Coast, is it is it potentially, you know, do they manage him, leave him out of the side, and yeah, like we'll be able to move move the magnets around a little bit to find someone to sort of fill his space. I think with the current crop that we've got in the 22 right now. But then you've got also got someone good he talked about, Luke Dunstan, who the reporters were asking him on Friday about why he's not getting a game. And it was quite, uh, yeah, quite eye-opening to say that he's he's not far off going past a few of players. Now, that was that was prior to the North Melbourne game. So, you know, lucky Tommy Sparrow had a really good game um, on the, the inside. Jimmy Jordan, yeah, it certainly echoes what you were saying there as well too. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, a bit of a run as well at some point, just to kind of see what he throws in the mix. I mean, he had nearly, what was it, 49 touches and two goals. So, he's, uh, yeah, whether they whether they give him a run in, in the midfield at some point and, and maybe rest Hibbo, bring in another tall. I don't, I don't think Jackie plays again. Uh, yeah, didn't didn't offer a whole lot. And, yeah, that's that's probably all I can think of. 
He had a really nice hit up, and he's actually got a really nice field kit, Shacky. He just didn't get enough, or Shack attack, yeah. like to call him. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, like when he gets it, he looks really good, but it's just a matter of him getting it. And he's, I thought his tackling was pretty, you know, pretty lackadaisical, fell on the back a few times. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, they could say, look, <clears throat> Betty Brown or Tom McDonald, you got another chance. I think Ben Brown's probably the one who oh, I'm very surprised he hasn't come back in the side post back injury from round four. I think he started, he might have played the first yeah. half, had one touch against Sydney in round three, but he hasn't, I say round four, round three, hasn't been in since round three. So you think, is this the time to now been, bring Benny Brown, Benny Brown, Benny Brown <laughs> back into the side? That's a tongue twister. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> happened there, but anyway. No, well, Goody was saying be... that he, Goody was saying that his form wasn't up to AFL standard last week, so it'd be, yeah, I don't know if they bring him in yet, unless he has a, you know, why not? Hard, oh, do you know what? And I think this is, this is really bizarre. But Ben Brown is an average VFL player, and it's it's a, it's it's, an, it's annoying because he's a better AFL player, which lifts know. his standards. Yeah, you know? I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. Mm. I don't know why or how that that's a thing, but. It would have been cool to see him play against North and just dominate his old side, but that didn't really eventuate. But good to see Shaq get a run, especially with his form. Um, yeah, I suppose that's that's really all. I think just yeah, getting the job done is probably the biggest thing for us. And you know, to almost I'd say to a degree, put Gold Coast back in their box. And I think it won't be it won't be an easy one. I think Gold Coast will be, as you said, pesky and they'll they'll lurk around. And I think it will just be too strong in the end. I think our fitness will prevail and. I'd probably say around a 30-point margin, high 20s, I reckon, is probably about on par with the way Gold Coast are going without Took Miller. I think we can, yeah, or depending on our changes and things, I think it's probably about the right margin, I'd say. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Something around about the sort of four or five, maybe six-goal mark, but, yeah, can't can't let our uh, concentration and effort drop off because they can be that sort of team that will pounce on that. And, yeah, three, three wins in a row, it's not from... Not from nothing. It's uh, they're, they're a team on a bit of a roll, so we want to make sure we squash that while we can, and yeah, continue to build our momentum as well too. What well, that pushes to what five and no, six and two. It'll be six and uh, two. So yeah, nice, nice little cushion. Hopefully we can, hopefully you can separate some separation starts to <laughs> build up the top there. It's pretty clogged at the moment. We talk here a lot about attention to detail. I know you do. In an investigation, details matter. That's as much detail as we're going to go into today. All right, soon. Well, another week done. Yeah, it's uh, been an interesting, interesting couple of days. Yeah, testing positive to COVID yesterday wasn't wasn't ideal, so it's luckily not feeling too bad at the moment. But good that we can still get on and uh, and yeah, chat days. And yeah, we a little bit of news this week. Uh, we've got former Melbourne player interview with Matt Jones coming on the pod this week, which would be really exciting. Again, one of those players that was around. In an interesting time for the Melbourne Footy Club, and I'm really, really excited to hear his story, his football story. I think it'll be, uh, yeah, speaking to a few players around that sort of same era, it'll be, it'll be really insightful to sort of hear his experiences about how he found the Melbourne Football Club from pretty much 2013 to 2016, and and yeah, a bit more into his career. So make sure you yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Another week, round eight coming up. Big thanks to our sponsors. We didn't. We didn't get. Cosy was. Cosy was, uh, was at, just, at, oh. at the at the first and forefront, uh, right up the top of the pod. So, big thanks to our sponsors, Hop Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. Don't forget, you can throw us an email, attention to Gmail at 
attention to gmail attention to detail at gmail.com you can find us on our socials simo a pleasure as always any parting words oh it has to be you go the days it has to be <laughs> most importantly come on days up the days cozy bit, bit of credit from our, our mate Caden mcdonald because oh, he's a crowd pleaser Make sure you check it out on Spotify. <laughs> very, very relevant to this day. But, yeah. Cozzy! Race on! Four more years! Hey.